Hey everybody, we're live with Savage Gentleman Podcast and tonight we're going over do we even need guns? And this is a question that has been floating around and you know we've been talking about this a lot. You see it everywhere, gun control, this this whole bit. I mean there's a lot going on. You can't you can't really turn on a TV or open up your laptop without seeing this. So we have brought on a special guest. We have Josh Brooks with Funker 530. He also is working with badge cams. He's also been doing a ton of great stuff with Ready Man, putting together videos. So he is a Marine, he's a, he's a veteran. Guy knows some stuff about guns. He's got a very interesting perspective. And of course we have Matt Winslow, uh, the, the better looking and more intelligent part of Savage Gentleman. He's the gentleman, I'm the savage. And um, he's also weighing in, again, military experience, Marine, um, gunsmith by trade. So we're talking about, do we need guns? Josh Brooks, do we need them? Yes. Okay, there Without you go. Well, doubt, show done. Show done. Show done. Thanks <laughs> yep. for coming out. You know, it's funny because in the 29 years I've been alive, um, you know, the only time that I've actually needed a firearm was when I was deployed in Iraq. Um, it brings up an interesting point, though, is that when I did, when I was over in Iraq over there in 2008, 2009, they were holding the elections. And it wouldn't have been possible without the U.S.'s help and therefore armed security to make sure that they had a peaceful uh, and democratic process. Um, as soon as we pulled out, uh, people were getting blown up, people were getting shot for just voting the wrong way. So it's, it's absolutely critical that we have it. We have several, several cases throughout history, actually dozens upon dozens <coughs> of cases throughout history where guns have been needed. Now, everyone thinks that it's just for self-preservation, but I believe the Founding Fathers had a much grander goal in mind, and that was to protect our, our, the most perfect sacred document in the United States' existence, the Constitution. Well, and, and that, that is self-preservation to an extent. You know, it's sure. a little bit long-term. It's not the immediate thing, but it's that, you know, potential, be it a one in a million chance, of, of you know a tyrannical government trying to take over you know to to try and say that that could never happen I, I think is very naive what would, what would you say to that Josh uh, yeah I think it'd be like beyond naive to think that that could never happen right that's um, I forget the term uh, I know the one I'm thinking of but I can't think of it I can't think of the word directly off the top of my head but it's basically when you live your entire life thinking that something can't happen just because it hasn't happened in your lifetime it's called the normalcy normalcy bias, bias. yep and and if you're if you're living your life like that that's exactly what you're thinking um, is is you, you have a normalcy bias you think because our government hasn't gotten tyrannical in your lifetime that they never will get tyrannical uh, and that's another reason why I think it's funny that we have people, on the left, once again, screaming to get rid of guns when it wasn't even a year and a half ago that they were calling the current POTUS literally Hitler, right? So that's... Yeah, that, that's a very interesting dichotomy because, you know, Hitler's rise to power was due to the fact that there was no one to stand in opposition. No resistance. They confiscated all the firearms. There was no way to fight back. And so you would think, okay, logically, if, if this guy is Hitler and history is going to repeat itself because he's the worst ever man maybe we should keep firearms just in case but you know it's it's hard it's hard arguing logic in that in that circumstance so for those of you guys that are just tuning in we got a lot of people showing up today this is the savage gentleman podcast and we're going over whether the fact we need guns i think everyone here feels pretty strongly that we do but we want to break down some of the reasons why because there's there's a lot of thoughts, there's a lot of rhetoric going around, and there's a lot of misinformation. So we've got two subject matter experts, Josh Brooks from Funker 530, Matt Winslow, firearm uh, manufacturer, veteran. You guys know stuff about guns. Let's break this down for the people. You know, let's talk first and foremost is personal protection, right? That's kind of the, one of the first reasons we need, we need a gun. Sure, absolutely. Uh, my first example is Hurricane Katrina. When Hurricane Katrina happened, it was an absolute devastating time for the region. Uh, furthermore, under the guise of a natural disaster, the government came in and confiscated guns. That's not a well-known fact, but that's what happened. Um, cannibalism happened. Murder skyrocketed. Just the basic necessities of getting water, people were murdering for. 
And not to have a firearm in that situation would be scary to say the least. Yeah, I mean, that's devastating. <clears throat> well, and and Josh, you do a ton of work with badge cams. I'm sure you've seen, you know, in the videos that you've put together, you're looking at badge cams. You know what I mean? That officers are carrying on them these body cams and and dash cams. I'm sure it comes up all the time where firearms are what ultimately resolve and actually protect life in a lot of these instances. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't even just two weeks ago. I put together the video where the guy's in an apartment complex. He's a Vietnam veteran, you know, he's going through some shit or whatever, but he uh, ends up kind of going off the rails and he starts kicking in people's doors with a machete. And uh, I, I'm sure you watched the video. It was just two weeks ago that I posted it. But yep. had the people inside the home not had a gun to defend themselves, which they use, he would have murdered them with the pistol, with the machete, right? So um, when you look at it in that context, not only did it save their lives, but the guy ended up surviving being shot. And instead of going to jail on a double homicide, he just ends up going to jail on a couple charges, you know, like uh, attempted murder as opposed to actual murder. And that's right. that's something, too. And, you know, if you really break it down and you look at it, less than 8% of the time when a civilian uses a firearm in self-defense, they actually have to shoot and kill the person they're defending themselves against. I think, And I think that makes a strong case for having that, for protecting yourself, protecting your home, protecting your loved one. You know, it's, it's, it's a great equalizer that, you know, if you're not a professional fighter, and even if you are a professional fighter, there's not a hell of a lot I can do against a guy with a knife, against three or four people that have bad intentions, you know what I mean? Yes. That's where you need to level that playing field. And it's funny because I've seen comments, again, you know, man, the internet is a weird place right now, but people are like, well, if you were a real man, you wouldn't even need a gun. You could just, you know, defend yourself without it. It's like, okay, cool story, bro. Let me know how that works out for you. Sure. And you then know? you think about it, you're exactly right. The firearm is the great equalizer. Women can easily, uh, you know, compete with men on that level. If they have a firearm uh, against an armed, big, strong male attacker, that equalizes the playing field. And, and I mean, and that's not to be sexist. It doesn't matter. I mean, look at the elderly, look at even dudes. Like, sure. you know what I mean? You take, you take a guy that's as big as the mountain, yeah. right? Like, I'm not going to do anything with that guy unless I've got, you know, unless I got something that's moving faster than the speed of sound, I'm, <laughs> I'm up the creek, you know? Sure. So obviously self-defense is, is an important one. We see that time and time again. And the other aspect is defending ourselves against, you know, a tyrannical government, something none of us have seen in our lifetime here, but it's definitely something that that occurs. I mean, Josh, you were overseas. You, you're a pretty worldly guy. I mean, what would you what would you say to that, you know, slim possibility, but it is still possible, correct? Right. So, yeah, if we even take the most recent civil war that's happening in the world right now, and that's what's going on in Syria, that's a great example of people rising up against a tyrannical government and saying no more of this. We're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to accept it. You know, regardless of the fact that that situation has been completely taken out of context, many of the groups that are involved in that conflict have become radicalized extremists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's still, you know, the most modern example we have of, you know, a a group of people saying, no more of this, we're done. You're abusing your power. You're making our lives a living hell. Uh, we might be seeing something similar happening in Venezuela anytime. So that's another country to keep an eye on. Like there are tyrannical governments that exist and there are people who stand up and resist them. Um, and the people that are standing up and resisting them, they're not doing so with picket signs. They're doing so with firearms. Yeah, hashtags are not going to going to get the job done. I mean, it takes action. And when it comes to violence, you have to meet that violence head on. Listen, I, I would love to be able to, you know, just to talk someone down and, and, and you know, get on Twitter and, and change everyone's mind, you know, and, and fix the world. But the reality is it comes to a point where you have to at least, you know, closely approximate that level of firepower. And that, you know, where we're talking about, and I hate to use this term assault rifle, let's just call it firearms in general. That's where you have to have something similar, you know, in the event that that happens. Could be one in a billion, but hey man, we've made it this far as a country and been successful with these, you know, with this Bill of Rights, with our constitution. Man, I, I, I'd hate, I don't think that throwing that out is the answer. Well, look at Ukraine. Ukraine had their uh, little uh, uh, civil war back in 2014. They ousted their president. When I was in uh, Kiev, I walked the streets of where 
numerous 762 holes all over the place. Um, these people were peacefully protesting until the government brought out the army and the police and started firing on civilians. And man, it was devastating to see the memorials all up the street, hundreds and hundreds of people dead. All they had were pots and pans for armor, um, you know, baseball bats for weapons, going up against AKs and ARs and all sorts of, uh, you know, small arm firepower. Yeah. It was absolutely it, devastating. Well, because that's a big part of the argument. Right now, as it currently stands, you know, the big issue is we have to do something to stop mass shootings, specifically mass shootings in schools, which we can all agree is a travesty. It's terrible. No one is advocating. No one wants to see that happen. Oh. Like, like that's, I mean, that, that's a no-brainer. It should go without saying. So when we're, when we're looking at that, people are like, well, you can have firearms for protection. You can have firearms for hunting, but there's no reason to have, you know, a long rifle, an AR-15 with a high-capacity magazine and, you know, bells and whistles and all the things that make it look scary, right? And the reality is you don't need that for personal protection, probably from a home intruder. That's not the ideal weapon, but it is a huge deterrent and, 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 a, and a viable and integral part of protecting ourselves collectively as society from tyrannical government. And that seems very, I think to a lot of people, that seems like super tinfoil hat, right? That, you know, the government is plotting this thing. And it's like, man, it's happened before. There's nothing to say that it couldn't happen again. I mean, what, what, what would you say to that, Josh? Uh, I, I think that talking about it in the context of it happening right here in the United States today is, is very far-fetched. Um, but I think, you know, if you really start digging into some of the stuff and you, you know, you put on your tinfoil operator cap and you get out there and you start busting stuff down, like we have seen things that have been questionable. Um, and I think under no circumstances should anyone ever want to willingly disarm themselves and put them in a situation where they can actually end up on the receiving end of government oppression. The reason that we don't have that or even have a chance of that, the reason why there is a normalcy bias is because the government is afraid to do anything like that. They can't possibly be an oppressive government in the United States because the people are armed. Um, and there, there are things like the Second Amendment that exist. It would be extremely difficult for the government to convince the military to go out and oppress people in a military fashion, right? Because it's a volunteer military. That's something to think about as well. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I think that does all add into the normalcy bias. But at the same time, I think it's not something you should just, you know, toss to the wayside and say it, it can never happen. Well, and the reality is, you know, I, again, we're, I'm kind of putting on my cap here, but I, I, in, theoretically, if we give up that right, what is it going to take to ever get it back? And that's, I think that's the issue if we look at the, the far right, you know, where a lot of the people like, don't want to budge on any kind of gun law. It's like, well, where does it end? And if, if we do make it to that extreme where guns are being confiscated in whatever world where we have to turn them in or they're being pried from our hands, you know, it, it would take a full-scale civil a lot, war. It'll take a lot of blood to get that back. Right. So on both sides, there's going to be a lot of bloodshed. So it, it, taking away guns, it's just, it, it's going to lead to a lot of deaths. I can tell you that much. Yeah, and, and, and I think that sets us up worse. I, you know, the point that we haven't had, you know, the, the trappings of this, this tyrannical government knocking on the door for the blessed. past. We've been blessed. And a lot of that is because of the fact that, you know, people don't realize that, hey, man, yeah, these guns might be scary to you, but this is what, this is part of what's keeping the peace, you know? You've got to get your hands dirty every once in a while in yeah. order to maintain that peace. Well, and it goes back to the whole, you know, the whole big stick mentality, right? Mm -hmm. You know, look, man, it, people aren't going to come busting into your door if they know that there's a possibility where this guy's bringing some serious heat. You know? Yeah, interesting that you said that because the Obama administration back in 2013, I believe, they went to Health and Human Services um, and they solicited them to get the facts on uh, gun control. And what they found out that for every violent crime that happened with a firearm, there was one defense with a firearm. So almost a one-to-one -one ratio is actually even a little bit more. And that was coming from the Obama administration with uh, Kathleen, uh, you got what, me. What, what's her bitch? That, uh, 
<laughs> the, the Kathleen uh, Sevilius or whatever her name was, and um, you know, total hack. Um, so it was interesting that they came to that conclusion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a one-to-one ratio, that's huge. Right. Well, and there's, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going around. I mean, there's a lot of people that are, that are using other countries now as an example to say, well, it worked here, it worked there, this country has it, and everything is great. And it's like, well, but is it, though? Again, because looking at the statistics, there's, there's a ton of data that actually refutes that. And, you know, I think to draw, for example, Australia as a comparison, I think is you're, you're looking at apples to oranges. I don't think you can look at a country like Australia and say, well, it worked there, it'll work here in America, because we're, we're, we're very decidedly different against so many things. You know, I mean, Josh, you were, you were sharing some statistics on that and, and what, you know, Australia's gun ban. There's a lot of misinformation out there. If you could shed some light on that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, right. So the the big thing with Australia that needs to be considered when you're thinking, oh, well, Australia has these gun laws and because of those gun laws, they have less violent crime. Well, actually, you know, to add in the little nerd voice there, actually, Uh um, that's not entirely it's not entirely correct. Right. Um, You see, after the gun ban happened, there was actually no decrease in violent crime in Australia Um, since. There was the one mass shooting that happened that caused the ban, right? We've still seen other massacres happen in Australia that didn't quite involve guns, right? There was a massacre that happened via arson. There was uh, several mass stabbings. There has been um, an entire family murdered by their father with a club, uh, which is also countered as you know, counted as a, a mass violence incident. I don't know really how they categorize it there, but... Um, when you when you really take a look at it, I, I think a lot of people in Australia are also living in a vacuum, right? So they think that because a majority of Australians think this way, all Australians do. There are actually Australians, believe it or not, who disagree with all of the firearms law. We we see them all the time on five three zero. We see them all mm-hmm. the time on full thirty. Um, and these are guys that are like, hey, this happened and it, it was terrible. Like I'm not able to, uh, you know, defend my my farm from all of these insane drop bears that we have. Just just insane stuff going on in Australia that these people, you know, that needed their firearms to protect their livelihood. Now they can't, uh, and they're suffering the consequences for it too. But uh, the biggest thing to take away is the fact that the population of the United States is 10 times larger than Australia, right? So they've got about 36 million people. We have about 360 million people. Um, And there's also a large cultural difference between Australia and the United States and the fact that Australia didn't have someone come in at the inception of their country and say, you're not allowed to own firearms anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. So we're getting a ton of comments and and actually too many to keep up with. I'm just kind of skimming them. So keep those coming up, guys, and we'll try to uh, address them as as we can. But one of the big comments that I see, you know, from one side of the aisle is that, well, we don't live in a world today where, you know, you even need guns because, you know, people aren't violent. Burglary isn't a thing. Breaking and entering, you know, we're this we're this uber civilized culture now. You know, we're so we're so sophisticated and refined, like, you know, guns, firearms are archaic. And in the same breath, they're like, oh, there's mass killings that, you know, people are using guns to commit violence. We have to get rid of them. And it's like, well, which one is it? Because it can't be both. And the reality is people are violent. They will find ways to become violent. It doesn't matter what laws you enact. You know, it's, it's a similar, I'd say it's similar to prohibition, right? Okay, bad alcohol. How'd that, that work out? How did more, that go? More bloodshed. Right. Right, even so, more, uh, more violence, more illegal uh, uh, law breaking. Um, so banning the guns, it's just no option for it. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it, it's, not super, it's not super viable, but I mean, when we look at this problem as a whole, and again, we're looking, we're just gonna look at the narrow scope because that's what everyone is freaking out about, and mm-hmm. rightly so, you know, the mass shootings, in schools with with our you know our, our youth of America you know there's a systemic problem that this has happened you know more than once right and how do we solve that getting rid of the guns doesn't seem to be viable or make sense there's there's so many facets you know no one seems to care right now about the fact that you know there's far more guns being used for suicide it's not about death at the moment it's about you know scary guns in the hands of children being used on other children right that's that's the issue so you know well, and it is a scary thing i mean i remember as I was, I was a kid all i had to worry about in school were doing drills was hiding under the desk in case of an earthquake we'd practice those drills 
uh, the generation before me, uh, it was hiding under the desk to prepare for nuclear war with Russia. Uh, so it's pretty scary nowadays that kids are practicing for shooting drills. I don't want to see that. No, no So what's the solution? Right, uh, and, 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 and that's the thing, you know, and, and not to say that we're going to solve that right now, but it's something that we need to have an open dialogue on both sides, left or right, wherever you fall. It can't just be plug your ears and start screaming to drown the other people now. And that's what we're hearing, that's what we're seeing a lot now on social media is neither side wants to budge, neither side wants to have any kind of rational discussion where we're ruled by we're ruled by emotions and we're ruled by what the media is telling us. And those are two very dangerous, volatile things. I mean, Josh, I know you see it all over the place right now. Yeah, right. So one of the first things that happens after any type of mass shooting anywhere in the United States right now is the first thing we hear about is, A, what type of gun it was um, before anything else. A, what type of gun was used? Not not the suspect's name, not the suspect's motive, not the number of people that were injured. The first thing that gets brought up is always what? The type of gun that was used. And it's generally only a large story if it was an AR, an AR platform that was used, right? We just had the uh, attempted mass shooting that was stopped by the the uh, school resource officer not that long ago. Uh, that was done with a handgun. So, you know, that doesn't fit the narrative. So it's not something that needs to get heavily covered by CNN. It doesn't fit into the current firearms debate. Uh, so it's not something we're going to talk about right now. We're going to go back and we're still going to concentrate on these kids from Florida, right? Because they were the, they were the victims of an AR-15, not a psychopath. They were the victims of an AR-15. So that that's what we're going to talk about, and to me, that's it's not it's not the right way to approach this, right? Like we don't necessarily people on the left. We don't want to see uh, people that are on the left. They don't want to see maybe a gun ban. Maybe they think they think they want to see a gun ban, but what they really want to see is a violence ban. And I think anyone anywhere in the world who's ever experienced any level of violence can say that that would be a good thing, right? If we could just as one human species come together and say we're banning violence. It's done now. Like it's it's not just not only is it illegal, like it just can't happen. You can't be yeah. violent anymore. That uh, that'd be amazing. Be, that would be a terrible thing. But at the exact same time, that's absolutely impossible. Every technological advance we've made as a species has at the core of it been to imp- improve the process of killing other human beings. If you like even the internet that we're streaming to you on right now was created by the military to make communications more efficient between groups on the battlefield right so that's why we have the internet all of these advances were made to make us more efficient at killing each other we're violent by nature it's in our dna Uh, ever since the first man picked up a bone violence has been a part of life yeah Uh, so we can't uh... ban that and i think trying to have a blanket ban on firearms isn't really going to get us anywhere no, I, I 100% agree. I mean, to, to quote the phrase from our friend, our good friend JD, you know, we're hairless murder apes, you know? I mean, that's, that's really, we're a very tribal society. And look, it'd be amazing if we lived in this, you know, fantastic utopia where there was no psychopaths, you know, because the general person isn't trying to do harm. Like, the general person isn't violent unless they're driven to violence. But there are these outliers that snap, that are bullied, that are mentally unstable, that are going to do bad things, whether it's driving a, a box truck through a crowd of people, whether it's making a pipe bomb, whether it's, you know, opening fire on, on, a, on a crowd of concert going. Like, people are going to find a way. And, you know, we have, to, we have to look at mitigating that in some way. And, you know, less guns, I, I, I don't know how that's going to, I don't know how that's going to do it. Because you can't get rid of them. Someone says no gun, you know, there was a comment that said no guns equals, you know, no gun crimes. Well, okay, man. Well, if you've got the button to magically make them disappear and you can erase all knowledge and understanding and technology that has to do yeah. with firearms, great. Make it I, happen. I tell you what, I'm a machinist by trade. And if I want to, I could, well, actually I do. That's why I do <laughs> on a ba- daily basis is manufacture firearms. All I need is a CNC machine and I can make a firearm. I guarantee that. So like you said, if you can push a button and make all knowledge disappear, fine, but good luck. It's not going to happen. That's yeah. the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So we, so we have to work around that argument. You know what I mean? Like that. And that's the thing where we have to, okay, look, man, we're, we're digging our heels on both sides where it's like, nope, nope, and then it's just this shouting match. It's like, okay, well, we need to establish, yet oh, someone just said ban machinists. 
That's what we need to do. Sorry, Matt. I'm out of a job. Buddy. You are out of here. But, but we need to look at, like, we need to formulate, like, okay, we can't get rid of guns. Guns are here to stay. There's no ban that is going to eliminate them from the planet. Can't be done. So where do we go from there? You know, what, what is the next step? Where can we address that? And, and Josh, you were talking about some, some possible solutions. I mean, what, you had some pretty good, good points to make there. What would you say to that? Right. So if we look back to September 11th, 2001, uh, before that, before we brought the TSA into airports and started really having all of these intense security checks, airplane hijackings were a fairly common occurrence. Mm -hmm. um, it would happen actually quite often where a group of individuals would hijack a plane similar to robbing a bank. They would force the plane to the ground at gunpoint, and then they would hold the people on the plane hostage until the law enforcement people that were on scene paid the max amount of money and allowed them to escape. Um, you know, then 9-11 happened, obviously. Um, a bunch of crazy assholes crashed a bunch of planes and killed a whole lot of people. And that was the moment where we decided, okay, let's take a step back and see what we can do about this. We didn't go, okay, let's ban planes. Obviously, right. we didn't say yeah. let's <laughs> let's ban let's ban the 747. Um, no, we we said how can we prevent this from happening, and we brought the TSA into the picture. We created these security checkpoints that are, if you've flown recently, they're not nearly as annoying as they used to be. They've definitely streamlined the process and made it a lot easier um, to get through while still being an efficient system. Um, but you know, that works. That's something that worked. And I think that is something that we can bring into a school with a, a team of individuals that are working at a school system um, that are working as not only as an armed security team to prevent, say, a school shooting from happening, but they're also the go to guys for if there's a fire at the school. Right. They're the yeah. first guys on scene to help put on a fire. They're the ones that make liaison with the fire department and tell them, hey, there's kids stuck here, here and here, or hey, the building is, you know, empty and evacuated. That's something that those guys can do, too. Um, and that's that's all a measure that we could bring into a school system in order to protect not only the students, but also, you know, do so in a manner that isn't quite as intrusive as just saying, hey, we're going to ban guns because there's this one psychopath that would I'll be a lot like saying, hey, we're going to ban the 747 because some terrorist assholes crashed them into some buildings. Yeah, well, no, that's certainly a great... that would be certainly that'd be uh, plenty cheaper than sure. <laughs> instituting a buyback program like Australia did. Right. Or just outright confiscating guns. Think of the logistics and the manpower that that, that would entail. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and Josh, that's a great um, analogy that you make, you know, comparing guns to 747 you know it's not the mechanism that these atrocity atrocities are happening by it's it's the people that are doing it you know and so looking at implementing something like this it would it take a ton of effort would it take a ton of money absolutely but mm -hmm. so would trying to get rid of firearms so like you said matt's trying to get and confiscate weapons i mean you talk about a, and that's a, if it went peaceful yeah and that's if there was no friction and yeah good luck with that right. so you know i think that that's a that's an absolute you know viable option to explore is it a bit obtrusive you know like the tsa is sure yeah but you know what man go ahead i, I actually i don't give a shit pat me down you can even you can even cup the balls while you're at it if you want to you know what i mean if it's it ensures me not crashing into a building you know then then fine you know, I mean, that, that normally they charge extra for that kind of service, so I'm not even mad about it. But, you know, it goes back to the point where we have to, we have to like, think outside the box a little bit to, to look at this problem and just blanket statement banning guns, you know, and everything that goes along with that isn't viable because, again, there, we, we talked about self-defense. We talked about defending ourselves from, you know, oppressive governments. From other, you know, part of the reason why we haven't been invaded, because we've got, I don't know, how many, 300 and something million firearms, probably plus, exactly. floating around. Man, Enough that's for a, every single uh, person in this country. Yeah, man, woman, and child exactly. here. So it's like, yeah, you know, China, I imagine, China, Russia, whoever wants to probably start some shit is like, ah, man, there's a lot of, we got a, the I don't Canadians, know about that. Man. Yeah, the Canadians, you got to watch out for They're them. shifty, bro. Super shifty. Well, so, them their hosers. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, eh? So, uh, sorry. you know, sorry this is, I, I think this is a problem that we have to look at and approach kind of holistically. We can't just say, okay, there's one thing to do and this will fix it. You know, we can't just say, well, bullying is the problem. 
you know, all we have to do is focus on bullying. You know, mental health is the problem we only have to focus on. It's like, no, let's, let's improve our security measures. Let's, let's address bullying. Let's address all the issues. Let's look at all of them because it's going to be a, a, you know, a major undertaking. Yeah, it's definitely multifaceted. Yes. There's just no one uh, way that you can magically make this problem go away. I think it starts in the home. I think it starts with parents uh, educating their kids, loving their kids, uh, teaching them that you know, if my son, he knows this, if he were to bully a kid and I find out about it, his ass is grass. Yep. I am going to kill him. I do not put up with that stuff. Yeah. And as parents, we shouldn't. Right. Well, and, and, and again, it's enforcing, it's instilling at a young age. And then like you said earlier, it's, you know, enforcing the gun laws that we already have, you know, to, to the highest degree, if possible, you know, and when necessary. And I think that that will deter a lot of it. And you guys, you know, one of the other thing is there's a lot of misconceptions on purchasing a gun. You know, one of the big yes. things is guns are just so easy to come by. I mean, they just basically, you walk up to the gun tree, pluck it <laughs> off, and there's your freaking, you know, Where's this AR-50. I, I wish I, I, top secret, I can't tell uh. you. You know, you so know, I mean, it, you're absolutely right. People think that, you, that you, there's this big gun uh, gun show loophole. Uh, I'm a Type Seven firearms manufacturer, so I can manufacture any firearm other than destructive devices, which I'm working on getting the licensing for that. Uh, so what happens is, if Josh, you want to purchase a firearm for me, mm -hmm. you'd fill out a form 4470. Uh, that's got all the pertinent information on that. And I have to check that against your driver's license. So you can't fudge that. Right. Uh, unless you're really good at forging government IDs. In which case you've got other problems other <laughs> well, than Well, and, and again, there is no way to stop someone who is determined. If you have a criminal mastermind. Exactly. So, so anyway, exactly. so continue the process. Okay, so Josh, you fill out that 40, uh, form 4470. I look that over and make sure it checks on your driver's license or your CCW or, or some state-issued government ID. Um, I make a phone call uh, to uh, the background uh, uh, BA, whatever it is, and I go, okay, this is the person that's wanting to purchase that. They run a, a background check against you, make sure that you're not a felon or essentially that you are legally able to obtain that firearm. Uh, and they gave me a yay or nay, and if it's the nay, I don't have to give you a reason why, but I just, I am legally binded to uh, not allow you to purchase that firearm. So if that were the case, I would be breaking the law and you would be breaking the law. Yep. And I'm not going to risk my business to, you know, sell you a firearm that only nets me 50 Yeah, there's bucks. not enough markup and margins it's, in it to even make not, that viable. They're not. Yeah. People don't know this, but, and the reason, sidetrack. The reason why guns don't have a high margin in them is because historically they have done better than gold. Wow. So they sell unbelievably well so the manufacturers can get away with having those really teeny tiny uh, markups. But anyways, tangent. Yeah. And so, well, and, and the thing is, like you said a lot of words, you threw out a lot of numbers that, that are kind of over my head. The fact of the matter, though, is it's a complicated process. It isn't just, hey, man, I'm just going to go and... and you know, pick this not, thing up. Not off only the that, I have an ATF uh, agent mm -hmm. stop by my facility uh, every two years or so to make sure my books are clean. They look at every 40, form 4470 that I've done. Uh, they make sure it's in alphabetical order or a numerical order. They make sure that I'm filling them correctly. They make sure that I've got the confirmation number on there for when I do a background check on that person. Yeah. So to say that, that we're not having tight enough background checks. That's on the FBI. That's not on gun stores. That's yeah. not on gun manufacturers. Well, and, and here's this, and, and I mean, <coughs> look, let's look at that. Let's scrutinize that and see, sure. you know what I mean? I, I'm not saying that, that all options are off the table. You know, let's, let's look at, you know, the process and let's see what, what's slipping through the cracks, if, if anything. Yeah. And, if, and if everything is tight and everything is clean, then let's then start exploring some of the other options. I know, Josh, you had mentioned before, you actually think that we have too many restrictions and laws in effect right now. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I definitely think, and I, Matt's going to agree with me on this, from state to state, the amount of differing laws that we have surrounding firearms is absolutely ludicrous. 
to when I plan a road trip, like I'm planning a road trip out to Salt Lake City to actually see you guys this summer. I have to sit down with my wife and for 45 minutes, we have to go, okay, um, what state can I have my handgun in? What state can't I have my handgun in? Um, you know, what state can I have my rifle in my truck? What state does that have? to be you know locked and stored separately from the ammunition otherwise i'm carrying it illegally and what state do i have to have the paperwork proving that i'm the legal owner of the firearm it's the amount of laws are actually one of the largest problems uh in my opinion in the firearm space because like it makes it hard to enforce these things right so yeah. i think the, the laws are actually too varied and in some cases too restricting to actually make it really possible to um, enforce them. And then back onto the topic of background checks, that's to anyone watching this that might you know, be on the fence or might be pro gun control. Um, and you might think background checks are one of the largest problems. Like I challenge you to go purchase a firearm, go to your local gun store and go through the process of purchasing a, purchasing a firearm. And if you don't want it, when you're done, return it, right? Or give it to, we'll take it. You process. can you can donate yeah, it we'll, to I'll us take it as well. Yeah, we have an um, FFL, so we well, can transfer that easy yep, day. I'll buy it back. <laughs> you know, and yeah. you bring up a good, good point, Josh. With all those uh, all those laws on the books, it's almost like the IRS tax code. It's this this freaking long, and you can inadvertently become a criminal because the laws are too complicated to understand. Now, wait, wait, wait a minute, guys. Now, you guys are telling me that that our government, the U.S. government, government in general, is somehow wholly inefficient and wasteful and redundant and over the top unnecessary as two marines uh i can't we believe can both that. attest to that <laughs> no way Hurry up no and wait. way no what we need is more yeah. government you know, if we pull yeah. the government back yeah. where are we going to be with our lives like how am i going to know what to do day to day i need the government to tell me where to where to sleep what to wear where to poop all of that i need my health care as well from them okay let me know yes. how that works out for you and everything else yeah Oh man! So again, we're 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 going down rabbit holes. We're opening up all kinds of can of worms, but it's again, it's not a simple, easy solution. You know, there's people that that are always going to be against firearms. There's nothing that you can do to convince them that firearms are a thing that anyone should have. And and to those people, you have a right to believe that way. But what you don't have a right to do is to try and enforce that on anyone else. And the fact is, if you feel so strongly then there, there are plenty of places in the world that you can go where you can have a firearm, where there are plenty of places in the world that you can go where all these rights are restricted or, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you're looking at. Or even other states. I mean, even other states, I mean, yeah. Massachusetts, New York, all those ones back in the Northeast. Yeah, there's plenty of places. And, you know, there, to, to try and enforce that on everyone, I think, again, goes against a, a lot of our basic fundamental rights that we have established in this country. You know, this is this is what the United States was formed to, to have this document that states nothing will infringe upon these particular things. And, you know, there's places in the world that don't have that. And if, if that's your mindset, so be it. You know, you, you're, you're welcome. There's the door. You know, Europe is a cool place. I love going to Europe to visit. It's beautiful. The people are great. But, you know, there's a sense of this. Uh, insecurity. I mean, you're going down some of these crazy little back alleys and you're like, man, am I going to get stabbed here? Because I'm, you know, I'm going through a predominantly Muslim area or a predominantly yeah. different area. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's places in the world where it's actually illegal for you to defend yourself. I've got, I've got a couple people that message me all the time, you know, via, via Instagram. They're like, yeah, man, you can't even fight back. You will actually go to jail you know, for, for fighting someone who's trying to rob you. You know, if you, if you happen to use a knife to defend yourself or anything like that. If that's not enabling an attacker, I don't know what I, is. I, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, having these measures to protect yourself, it's, again, it's this notion of self-reliance that a lot of places in the world don't understand because their, their evolution of their, you know, country, their society was very different. But here, I mean, we started from scratch you know, we kind of fight, fought and clawed our way in America to get to where we're at. And, you know, I, for me, for you, probably for Josh as well, I'll be damned if I'm just going to, you know, roll over and give that away, you know, at the drop of a hat. You know, we got to <laughs> we got to look at the big picture here. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the things that bothers me the most about the entire gun debate and I'm, I'm interjecting and I'm kind of going to go off on a little tangent here. So I apologize. But please do. Is by the amount means. of. 
the amount of misinformation, the amount of facts that are taken out of context, and the amount of things that are just point blank wrong about firearms that are being stated by the anti-gun crowd, right? So uh, the first thing we have is the AR-15, right? So I'm going to pull this up. And this this is my Daniel Defense, right? Oh my God! This is scary. I know uh, this is scary. Oh geez. But this is my Daniel Defense. Now AR doesn't stand for assault rifle, right? We all Thank know you. that. Everyone here. Knows. I think everyone but watching should know that. Yes, but it's been taken out of context completely, right? In the firearms debate, AR now means assault rifle. So that modern sporting rifle has been deemed an assault rifle. Assault is a verb, not an adjective, by the way. Um, so now it's like super scary, right? Right. Now say we take this Glock, right? Now say someone goes in a mass shooting with a Glock and then the media discovers that there's this thing called a Glock 18, right? And now they're going to start calling pistols, machine pistols. That's the next scary gun buzzword after the AR has been done, right? right? Machine pistols. Then after that, we can take my Remington deer rifle and it's black and it has a scope on it. Now that's not just a deer rifle, that's a sniper rifle, right? So we can make these scary words and we can put them into the gun debate and we can take people who know absolutely nothing about firearms and shape what they don't know into something that they know even less about and is wrong. And they're yep. going to believe that. They're going to go, that, that's okay. And, and no other political debate in the country today can you get that much information wrong and be taken seriously Oh yeah, uh, outside of the firearms space? Like, and you're say, the authority say, for example, on that. I wanted to... You know? Say I wanted to talk about abortion. I want to talk about abortion, right? Now, say I'm Ben Shapiro. I want to talk about abortion. But since I don't know anything about abortion, um, the only thing I'm going to tell people is that all abortions are conducted after the child has been born, and it's only done with a butcher knife. Yeah, That's they abortion. use a sledgehammer. Yeah, right. right? People would, would lose. Acceptable? No, you would be eviscerated. Be like, no, it couldn't. It wouldn't be. Yeah. Man, you're making some good analogies tonight. Yeah, it's absolutely right. Where you have this, this, yeah, this, you know, off the wall, terrible, misguided information that's being disseminated, and people are taking it at face value because, because someone, you know, there's a talking head the who talking told them head so. Said so. Right, and so, and that's where I would challenge the listeners, the viewer. I, I like to think that everyone here is pretty well informed, but if you're not, if you have this vehement stance, either direction, left or right. Go do some research. Don't listen to what I have to say, what Matt has to say, say or Josh. Well, listen to Josh because that guy knows some stuff. Josh Brooks is is on point, but don't listen to me. Go do some research. You know. You know. And with that being said, I mean, I, I got to give kudos to the far left. I mean, I, I got to give them credit. They are passionate. Um, I can get along with a classical liberal. Um, so you know, if if you're passionate about something, be passionate about it. Sure. If you're over here on the far light, right, like we are. Or over here on the far left, be passionate. But be informed. You know, the be best informed. the best thing that you can arm yourself with is knowledge. You know what I mean? Like that bar none, do your research, do your fact checking, you know, and consider both sides. You know, if you're hearing, you know, you're in this echo chamber and we talk about this all the time. If you're hearing all the things that you want to hear that are validating your stance, man, maybe it's time to look outside that and start exploring some of the other things that are that are floating around and and it's exhausting to do i mean like i said facebook is an is absolutely rife with you know discussions on both sides and it's it's man the comment sections are getting pretty pretty brutal but you know probably don't use that as your source of information like try and find some third party you know places that that you're getting your information from um you know there's a ton of stuff out there just take the time don't just you know pick a little blurb a snippet you know, a short meme that you see and say, nope, I, I saw that. This is, this is what I'm going to believe. Sure, sure. You know, and, and doing the research on this, you're absolutely right. Some of the information that I found was uh, it didn't help my cause, you know. And Throw I was, it out. I was, I was really, I know, I know <laughs> nope, immediately. Uh, redact that. Exactly, exactly. But there was other things I found, you know, like the, uh, the Obama administration. Uh, you know, having a third party go through and actually figure out that information is really enlightening to see that, yeah, some of the things I thought uh, were gospel mm-hmm. were in fact not true. Yeah. And not true in against my beliefs. Yep. Um, and then, of course, the opposite is always true. So uh, if you're passionate about this subject, do as Josh says and go out and research the hell out of it. 
and uh, let us know. Yeah, I mean, before you get into, uh, you know, a screaming match with someone on the internet, like, first of all, take a breath, right? Breathe. Second of all, really evaluate your time and what you're doing with your life. Like, hey, man, you just pissed away 15 minutes of your life that you'll never get back again mm -hmm. by arguing with someone who will probably never see your side. Get face-to-face get -face with people and have these discussions. We've got all kinds of differing viewpoints here, you know, between my friends, between my peers, and we talk about this stuff. And, you know, I, I've learned quite a bit from Josh tonight, a lot from Matt, you know, on this issue. It's something that we need to figure out. It's something we need to work on. No one's saying not to, but, you know, let's doing it, do it in a reasonable manner and let's not get, get caught up in the emotions, you know. Josh, what, what, what would you say to that? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely I'd agree with that. Uh, working on 530 has taught me a lot about not letting yourself get wrapped up into the comment section of things that you see on Facebook. Because if you take anything to heart that you read on the internet, you're going to end up wasting your entire life. You're just going to end up wasting your entire life. That's all there really is to it. It's exhausting. Um, when it comes to, yeah, when it comes to researching things, you have to definitely. Uh, certainly vary the places that you're getting your information. Um, it's very easy to tell what type of web page you're on and uh, what way they're going to lean politically and to really understand that that's the only type of information that you're going to get off this. Like if you go on Reddit, um, that's predominantly a millennial male space, right? So the millennial aged male obviously tends to lead towards being a Democrat. So you're getting a lot of Democratic information off of there. On Facebook, the only information you're ever going to see is information that aligns with your worldview and your opinion. The algorithm is designed to show you the information in that way to keep you scrolling in the newsfeed and maximize your amount of time on the web page. YouTube is a similar way, uh, a similar thing, but you're able to search and kind of get around and see other perspectives. But again, for the most part, YouTube is a left-leaning platform and things that are on the right side of the spectrum tend to get shoved to the bottom of their algorithm. So you might have a harder time finding that um, places that you read are really going to um, really going to determine how you see things and how you think about things. So you're going to want to kind of try to stay in the center, but you always might end up left or right of the center, depending on your own political viewpoints and stances right. yourself. Just definitely try to get out of your bubble. Try to see the other side of the fence for sure. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends that are outside of the right spectrum. Um, I have a lot of friends who I've had meaningful discussions with about firearms during this current climate. And a lot of them kind of tend to see my way after they talk about it, because like I said earlier, it's a violence ban that they want, not a gun ban, because they don't really understand that you can't um, you can't just say okay no more shotguns and then shotgun crime goes away right it's not it, yeah, how it, works. It, you can't historically that, that hasn't worked historically that hasn't worked for us you know we we've tried that in other facets we've seen that other places and just again wishing the problem away trying to legislate things away doesn't really work and that's not to say that well well we just give up there's no answer you know what i mean that's that's i don't think that's what anyone's saying it's like let's let's have a let's have a real discussion um let's consider your sources for your information you know with a grain of salt where they're coming from because let's face it everything that you read nowadays or see or watch has an agenda you know us included you know i mean we we have an agenda we're trying to sell you really cool badass savage gentlemen by products. the way Go to the Savage Yellman store and enter in that code that you see below. You see that for segue? Twenty percent off. Shameless mark. I'm not even gonna hide awesome. it. I'm not even gonna hide it. It's like, hey man, we got stuff to sell. Nope. You know, so tune in and, and buy some of our shit. You know, or don't. That's fine too. But you know, consider the source. Let's let's man, let's look at this from a rational perspective because you know something needs to be done. Absolutely, something needs to be done right. somewhere. You know, and, and I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. You know, we need to find some common ground to stand on, you know, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're, you're leaning on, left, right, middle, or some new invented thing that I don't even know about because that's the world we live in. People just make shit up now. Wherever you're at, let's figure something out. You know, let's have a good discussion. I think, you know, I think there was some great points brought up here. You know, Josh, I really appreciate you coming on and, and lending your perspective. You know, you've, you've got a really unique an interesting way of looking things mad as well. And um, for you folks that have tuned in and, and, you know, commented, go back, you know, engage back and forth. Let's try and have a civil debate if we can. If we can't, yep. you know, then, man, <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. 
But don't waste your breath screaming at people on the internet because that's not going to get the job done. Let's, let's, let's explore another option. I think we're about out of time. Anything else you want to add to this, Josh Brooks, before we go? Uh, yeah, so when we're really looking at this debate, I want you to remember that it's all about perspective, right? So if I show you guys this cup, you might not know exactly, you know, what this coffee cup is. Oh, no, it froze. Fix it. Back. He's coming back. So for those looking at that image, that was the coffee or die uh, snake that was actually from the original 13 colonies talking about snake. a snake that is being separated. Made oh, here he's back. I was explaining the uh, coffee or die, oh, but man. I'll let you do it because you're far more articulate oh, than I man. am. So, so what I was just saying, what I was just saying actually had nothing to do with just the logo itself in the 13 colonies, but it's about oh, perspective when we're really just looking at this, right? So when you're looking at this cup, you see a coffee or die cup, right? Because that's your perspective facing the camera. What I'm seeing from my perspective is a Black Rifle Coffee Company cup, right? Because that's my perspective on it. So when we're engaging in the debate and we're talking about the firearms topic, try to see from the other person's perspective and really get an understanding of how it is that they view the world. Someone from California who has never been to a gun range might be absolutely terrified of firearms because they don't know anything about them. Think about it from their perspective and try to educate them. Don't be a dick and just shut them down. And the same thing goes for people that are on the left. Instead of just shutting someone down because they like firearms, hear them out. Maybe their perspective is different than yours because they've literally spent their entire life glued to a firearm. Man, that's a great point. That's a great yep. takeaway. I mean, I think moral of the story is don't be a dick. I mean, if I could sum it up, it's, <laughs> just don't Definitely. be a dick. Yeah, Matt, anything else you want to add to that? No, Josh, appreciate you coming on. There's been a lot of good insights, a lot of good comments from you guys. We really appreciate your inputs, um, even if we don't agree with some of them. Uh, that's what it's all about is keeping this dialogue going. We're going to try and uh, keep these podcasts going more regularly in the future. And uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks again. We'll see you guys next time. Share this, like our page, go and buy our shit on SavageGentleman.com if you want to get some cool stuff. And made, American made. Buy this guy, he made it. And I think that's all we have. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in the next one. Be safe out there. Thanks, guys.